right, it's Friday, and welcome back to GovTech's In Case You Missed It. This week at GovTech, Joe has uh, got another engagement today, so I'll be doing today's show solo, but I'm really excited because I get to bring on uh, a friend from uh, Blast from the Past uh, that's kind of been making waves and headlines, but also something that GovTech Biz covered not too long ago, and that was the uh, kind of merger of Poll Call and Balancing Act. And so I'm really excited to really focus on the show today as we look at local government lessons for policymakers in Washington. And so today joining me, we've got Nick Mastrodoni and Chris Adams from the newly merged GovTech 100 Companies Polco and Balancing Act to describe how local government best practices and civic engagement and budgeting can provide lessons for our federal leaders. So thank you so much, Nick and Chris, for joining today and kind of breaking down a little bit of what you've both been up to. It's made waves in the market, and I'm glad we'll be able to bring it to our audience today. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you very much, Justin. So, you know, maybe just as a starting point, I'd love to, you know, learn a little bit more. Chris, I, you know, I, I've known you for a long time now, but, you know, maybe we'll dig into both of your backgrounds just a little bit, and then we'll kind of dive into our questions for today. So, uh, Nick, let's start with you. I'd love to, you know, learn a little bit more about you and kind of, you know, your your story and your journey through Polk Code. Dustin, great to be here with you today. Uh, love the show. Love getting to work in uh, kind of the GovTech space. I feel like it's kind of uh, confluence a lot of my interest. Uh, background for me is born and raised in the Atlanta area. Uh, Notre Dame undergrad, met my wife there. I did Air Force ROTC and that set me up. I did 10 years active duty. So kind of a committed public servant for a long time. And somewhere along that road, they needed uh, economics faculty. So I got a PhD in econ from UT Austin, taught out at the Air Force Academy. Um, so I loved the public sector. I loved public service. I also love technology. Uh, my PhD in economics was in with a focus in econometrics and data science and data sets are becoming bigger and more abundant and available. And the things we could do with them were really exciting. Um, and so uh, ultimately after 10 years, I active duty, I went over to um, Amazon for a little while and saw a great company in action. Uh, we were really rigorous uh, as a senior economist there and, and data-driven decision-making uh, made us, allowed us to be confident in making big, bold bets and doing really big, bold things. And I started thinking about putting those two together. Are there things that we could do with data, with confidence, to help governments uh, make big, bold decisions for the benefit of their constituents similarly. And at the same time, was there a communication platform that could facilitate communities coming together? So that really was kind of like the motivation. And uh, an old buddy of mine from the Air Force who had gone to Google, uh, we came back together. That's Alex Peterson. And that was the founding of Polco. And uh, that mission from then continues to be our mission today. But that's just a little bit about my background. I'm broadcasting to you from, uh, we have an office in and I, Denver, Boulder area in Colorado, but I'm broadcasting to you from uh, our headquarters here uh, just outside of Madison, Wisconsin uh, in Middleton. So pleasure to meet you and be on the show and we can go into more detail, but that's just a quick background. Yeah, yeah, no, great to have you on and Madison's a beautiful area. So Chris, let's, uh, you know, for those that don't know you, I'd love for you to maybe break down a little bit of your background and kind of story. Uh, you know, you've been you've been in the market for a while and been doing some amazing work. So tell tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Well, first, I just want to say it's exciting to be here and it's really exciting to be a, a part of Polco now. Uh, so my background, my academic background, since Nick gave a little bit of his, is actually in ethics. So I went to Yale Divinity School and I got a degree in ethics. And I, I've just been fascinated for my entire life uh, at by public policy, but also the role that fundamental values play and, 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 and how productive or unproductive that can be when people actually have very strongly held values and try to bring those to the public square 
and try to use that to actually resolve uh, the issues that are core to governance. Um, and so then I went off to, uh, to San Francisco and I worked for a number of years there doing public engagement and community facilitation. And then I returned to Colorado where I'm from and I started a company uh, called Engage Public that uh, was a face-to-face -face public engagement firm. And we really tried to help local governments with some of their hardest issues, uh, trying to find ways for them to bring along the public and to educate the public and to help them become allies in making, uh, uh, in making good decisions uh, for government. Um, kind of the mid-2000s, uh, we had been called on to uh, do a number of, uh, of, of projects that really called uh, into question uh, what the scope of government is, the services that government provides, and then to sync that with, with taxes. There are, you know, various times in our history, there's been, you know, somewhat of a rebellion against taxes at various times, or at least, uh, even if not a rebellion, at least a suspicion about taxes. And so uh, at that moment uh, in the evolution of the Internet, we thought, well, gosh, you know, could we create a way for people to uh, better understand, learn about what government is doing, governments are doing, uh, and then to provide some input on what they'd like them to do more of or do more fully or with a higher level of service. But then also really importantly, help them sync that with what they're willing to pay for on the revenue side and the taxation side. And so we did that in about 2007. We did our first one for the state of Colorado. Um, the timing was good or bad, depending on how you look at it, because uh, shortly thereafter, the Great Recession hit and governments everywhere were making just dramatic cuts. And that really you know, called into question, you know, how what, what is most important, what is most core for government to do? And so our simulation uh, got an awful lot of attention throughout the 2008, 2009, 2010, uh, both during the Great Recession and the recovery from it. And uh, as you know, the country worked its way through that. Um, we began to get uh, incoming uh, requests from local governments saying, we love what you did for the state of Colorado. Could we actually do that uh, for, um, for our local government? And we really weren't set up for that. But in about 2014, we decided to go you know, head first into creating a SaaS product that would be better, faster, cheaper, would do all the things that we had learned work from other contexts in terms of putting people in the shoes of policymakers. And, and really make that just a, a much more accessible, available, and useful tool. And so that's where we, uh, that, that's, that's sort of how we came up as Balancing Act. Love it. So two disruptive innovators joined forces. And I know back on February 15th, uh, this merger was announced. So would love to hear a little bit of the backstory uh, as to, uh, you know, what, what uh, you know, maybe what some of the rationale was and how you saw the synergies between your two firms. Yeah, happy to go into it. I mean, I think, you know, obviously technology and communication technology uh, is an interesting area. Uh, you know, the printing press, the first time point to mass communication, TV uh, and radio are just kind of, you know, still is point to mass. And I think what was fascinating about the Internet now is the first time it's like mass two way peer to peer communication. And when the Internet first started, you know, delivering this enormous explosion of new communication tools, so many of them were not specifically designed for the unique environment that is government communications and civic communications. And we were shoehorning a lot of tools that were not designed for that unique application into there. And so I don't think that, uh, you know, technology caused our current um, divisiveness or polarization, but I think uh, it did accelerate some trends that were already underway. And so what we wanted to really be was a dedicated platform for civic participation uh, that helped bring people together in a civil and a constructive way. And I think you, you see some uh, explosion. It was kind of slightly delayed relative to some of the general horizontal surveying technologies um, that you, you saw more tools that were designed specifically for the public sector. And I think uh, Polko and Balancing Act were a couple of these tools. 
And now uh, as that transformation, that wave is really coming in, we are really well positioned. We both have been experiencing like phenomenal growth and it's just awesome to see us helping communities help their residents in so many ways and start to realize like, not only are we growing really well uh, individually, but man, the opportunity to grow really well uh, together. And our tools were so complimentary. We had known each other. And I, I think just as the complimentary complementarity of the tools is important, the complementarity of the teams, the mission, the alignment, the philosophy. And so the time just happened to be right where, you know, I think we were expanding, Chris was uh, in, in an expansion position, and we just realized that the opportunity for them to be more powerful uh, together. And we always had kind of the cultural and philo philosophical fit. I mean, Chris and I have been friends for, for years now, uh, and it's really cool to get to be able to work together on, on a daily basis. So just a little bit about how we see, you know, these things that were happening and, you know, the trends we wanted to jump on. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, you were both already recognized as GovTech 100 companies. So congratulations on that. And, you know, now this, you know, kind of joining forces. Tell me a little bit about, you know, in your viewpoints, I'd love to maybe get both of your take on this. You know, what is this combination of capabilities, that platform approach, even Nick, that you were talking about? What will that bring to the sector, to this market? And, you know, why are you so excited about that now? And Chris, maybe we'll start with you for this one. Yeah. So for me, this is just so exciting. Uh, Nick and I have been referring customers back and forth for, for years. Um, I'll just say uh, the, the first time we met, it was a, a staff member of mine back in 2015. I think that might have been the same year I met you, Dustin, uh, came across this company called Polco and he was so excited about it. And so he did everything he could to arrange a call between me and Nick. And ever since then, I think we've had mutual admiration and respect for each other in terms of uh, dry, you know, leading mission-driven companies that are really trying to help uh, governments just you know, operate as highly effectively and, and as well as possible. Um, but one of the things that, that we've noticed, uh, so uh, Balancing Act creates uh, simulations, uh, started out just being budgets, but now we do housing and we've got a, a version for uh, strategic planning and a version for climate, um, is that uh, the, our tool has a lot of reach and it actually even has some appeal for residents to sort of, you know, learn. And in, in some ways, it's a little bit fun. I don't want to overstate how fun it is to learn about a public budget, but it, it can be sort of fun because you actually realize that that these decisions are, are consequential and that they're important. And so you're just sort of drawn to that sort of my my and what I initially said about values. It just sort of draws you in in a, in a really valuable way. And one of the things that um, I realized that that we were sort of missing with with Balancing Act was while we had a tool that uh, dramatically dramatically increased participation in some areas uh, of local governments like the like the budget. One of the big questions that we had, appropriately from public administrators, was, well, how do we know? Uh, you know, how can we be sure what this data actually means? And so we had, you know, some ways of thinking about that and making sense of that. But that's really where Polco comes in because Polco is just a, a data expert. I mean, this 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 company has a, a data science team with five data scientists, and that doesn't even include Nick. And so what we're looking at doing is is just taking that participation and that that weighing of tough trade offs and taking values into account, expressing them into a public policy issue such as where should we put new housing or what th things should we spend money on or how should we set taxation rates but then bringing this this layer of benchmarking and data and social science that i think is just really valuable and it just sort of rounds out the uh the equation of what makes for good public engagement that's valid uh for the uh, the public administrators and elected officials but also useful and meaningful for uh, for residents and one that doesn't require a data scientist, which is another thing, too, as we think about, you know, all of the workforce challenges, the ability to kind of democratize access to that knowledge is really key. So, Nick, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, too, you know, on that combination of capabilities now. You know, what does this mean for for uh, for our sector? 
Yeah, Dustin, you used this word, and I think it was really prescient uh, of platform. Uh, and I think that's exactly what this unlocks is, you know, we've been doing engagement for a long time and then uh, higher quality surveys and then translating all of this uh, through some analytics. But there's there's a lot of communities out there that have a lot of innovation needs around them. And you, you, you expressed a couple there, right? Like there are a ton of small and medium sized communities that don't have survey science teams. They don't have data science teams. They don't have statistical software package, data visualization capabilities. And it's like really hard for them to hire and build all these teams together in one place. And you, frankly, you need it every, you know, since 2021 was kind of this watershed moment in response to COVID that federal grants went up 40%, but to win those grants, to perform in accordance with those grants, you needed to use data to demonstrate need, uh, to demonstrate important uh, performance and track performance over time. And those are just, uh, I mean, those are smart requests from the federal government. These are things uh, grantees need to do, but these were, they, the local governments were not set up in order to, to, to handle those applications. And I think our new platform of capabilities together helps us, yes, engagement tools that we had were great and the analytics capabilities, but now together, it's kind of like a one-stop shop. And so what we wanna be viewed as, uh, from the point of view of residents of these communities, okay, yes, Polco is the place that I go to for civic participation. I will have awesome balancing act, budget simulations, climate simulations, uh, housing simulations. I will have those. Uh, and and I'll also have surveys and other types of engagement. And this informs and feeds and drives outcomes in my community. Awesome. Okay, good. Now let's go over to the point of view of a government official, right? And the constellations that they were having to combine on their own, it was a complicated thing. It was like, okay, balancing act, but is that some competition? No, it's actually a complement to Polco. And so we're, we're just making it easy for them in one place to go, is it strategic planning time of year? Is it budgeting time of year? What is it? Okay great. I can do a budget sim. I can do my annual survey. I can get the results. I can track my data in Polko and GPAL's track. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff. It just seamlessly works together to help the government officials capitalize on the opportunities in today's crazy changed environment, not just the federal funds, but the public health change and that the economy is this real crazy K-shape. So there's just a lot of shifts. Everybody's working through. We get it. Uh, but I think our coming together helps them do more things in, in a in a single place well. Yeah, and I think as you said, you know, this is really that watershed moment in government. And I'd love for you maybe to explain a little bit about, you know, what you're seeing kind of in the current environment. You talked about some of those disparate systems that are there and how they may be going at it alone, but they really need kind of this bigger picture. But, you know, what is the current state of trust and transparency, you know, in government? And you know, what needs to change now uh, as you kind of look at, you know, even your capabilities? How do you see yourself playing in that? We'd love to love to get uh, your thoughts on that. Yeah. So, again, an economist by background, so I'm trying not to get too wonky here, but it was a crazy impact on our economy from COVID, right? Some tech sector, think Zoom, like some companies did really well. And then at the same time, think about like the service sector and restaurants and, and they really struggled. And so, uh, you know, for the longest time, we've tried to fix anytime we, we hit a difficult road uh, in the economy with some monetary policy, but that really wasn't the targeted, tailored solution that we needed. It, it, it led to inflation, uh, and, and, and which, which continued to even further help some of the, the good performing sectors, but not the others. And then if we're talking about local, each local jurisdiction is different too. And so, 
this isn't a silver bullet panacea, one size fits all kind of situation. Each community on their own in today's crazy environment needs to go out there and take a look at the components of their economy. The struggles, right? And it's not just economic. We had a lot of uh, the, the George Floyd tragedy and everything that was going on, racial tensions. And you have to take a look at what is hurting my community in terms of public health? Uh, what is uh, holding my community back in terms of the economy? What is holding my community back culturally and in terms of trust in government and how we handle those things? And even the trends we saw over the pandemic, right? It's not just across communities and across these three different areas, but trust in government actually went up a little bit during the pandemic. And then now that we're coming out of it, uh, maybe some of it's being misattributed to the local level because of the inflation, but there's a lot of troubles uh, that I think we, at the local level, uh, carry over a little bit of trust. It's been declining, but we need to be deliberate to to really hold on to, and then to change that decline and flect it back uh, into an upward slope. And that means tackling these three big things really well. And that includes getting an understanding of where what your community wants and needs. And I was like, one last thing is, there is collective intelligence in a community. We really believe it. We were inspired by this book, Wisdom of Crowds. So a government official shouldn't look at like, oh, I got all these angry voices. No, look, there's solutions out there among the people. So like bring them together, listen to their ideas, get, gather their sentiment, use that data to measure your baseline and track your performance. I think that's how we rebuild trust, uh, transparency, accountability, inflect the curves uh, and get great outcomes from this thing that you know catalyzed a lot of change. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And, you know, as a, as a former, you know, assistant city manager myself, it's oftentimes thought of engagement as you got to come to a public meeting and sign up to speak. But I think, you know, you've both proven that there's other ways that you can leverage technology to engage people. And it's not just those that want to complain, but like doing it in a structured way. And so I'd love to learn a little bit more about, you know, where is all this going? And, you know, you've both been in the thick of, you know, a lot of different initiatives here that you're working on for local governments that are great examples for higher levels of government. So I'd love for you to share some insight there. Chris, maybe we'll start with you for this one. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I think that the, 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 the data issue is just becoming huge and, and to have a better way of understanding that, of, of gathering good data that you can count on is really important. But one of the things that uh, that, that we've noticed, uh, and, and honestly, it's broken my heart as the uh, as the son of a, a 31 year public administrator with the city of Denver, uh, who loved his job and felt like he was valued. Um, to, to see the coarsening of uh, of debate and and even you know just some of the the, the really devolution of uh, of public participation that we saw some of that during during um, COVID, but I, I think it's not just because of that. And so um, this may seem like an odd thing to say, but one of the things that we really try to do by by creating you know a, a relatively easy to create simulation for an issue like uh, budget or like housing, is that we try to sort of reposition public engagement. So instead of what often tends to be the case with public engagement, which is that a public official, an assistant city manager or a communications director or a budget director just feels like, and we've actually heard this from some of our clients, they say, okay, well, tonight is a public hearing. I'm going to go and take my beating. And they just get beat up. And it just seems so unfair to me. And as somebody, as I said, who, whose father, you know, devoted his entire life and career to, to public service, it, it just really annoyed me. And so, one of the, the values that we try to provide is, is this relatively easy way, taking advantage of, you know, good SaaS internet technology to put people in the shoes of decision makers. And it just makes me so happy when the feedback we get from a city manager or a budget director is, 
this gave our residents a chance, you know, to, to sit in the city manager's seat and actually, you know, learn about, you know, the entirety of, of what we're trying to do as a government and to then provide fact-based input that takes into account all the different competing demands we have and also takes into account the realities of what things cost. And so, uh, so you know, I usually don't say this uh, too often, but in some ways what we try to do is we create a tool for empathy so that so that uh, public officials can feel as though they're understood so that they don't just have to go take their lumps uh, from the public uh, or they don't just have to, you know, sort of do things over their heads so that they don't that they don't understand and hope that nobody discovers it. But we actually create that 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 framework, that 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 opportunity for people to understand the public face, the important public facing things. And often those have to do with values um, that so that they can understand them and then provide some input. And I actually think that's just really critical uh, to our democracy and to governance at all levels moving forward is that is that instead of just saying no to things or saying what we hate, that we actually um, uh, uh, as as residents, that, that we start to indicate what we're going to say yes to. And so uh, one of the most exciting things that Balancing Act has done in the last couple of years is that we've adapted our budget simulation for housing. And so if there's a housing goal that a community has, um, you can actually create a simulation and say, we've got 600 units of housing that we need to find or 1,200 units or something like that. And instead of just getting the typical participation that you might get on a housing plan, which is usually neighbors of a proposed development coming out and saying, no, 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 we don't want that. We don't want traffic. We don't want things to change. You can say, as a community, we've got a problem with availability and affordability of housing, and we need an additional 1,200 units of housing. Here are our options please tell us what you would do to solve this problem. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to, to, to create that opportunity for joint problem solving. And to the degree that it can rest on a, on a bed of solid data and, and understanding of public opinion uh, that, that Polco provides, I just think that's a really powerful thing for governance moving forward. And I think it, it, it helps us move towards those, uh, to, to resolving those really hard problems that we're looking at at the national level, as well as at local governments level with polarization and just, just acrimony. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And if you combine that, you know, tool for empathy, as you said, with what Nick was talking about with, you know, wisdom of the crowds and collective intelligence, you know, all of the the kind of smarts of tapping into people more so than just, you know, having them sign up to speak. I think that's where the magic happens. So, Nick, you know, any thoughts on your side as you look at all the work that Polco has been doing in the market, any standout initiatives that uh, that come to mind? Yeah, I, uh, so a, a couple do. I, I just want to emphasize something Chris said. I, I think that this merger kind of represents in a microcosm uh, what is needing to happen at the local government level. In some sense, we are breaking down the silo between engagement uh, and that, that engagement should elicit that empathy, just like Chris said. It's breaking down the silo between the engagement uh, and data. Uh, those should not be separate houses, right? The assistant city manager in, in terms of performance analytics should not be divorced from uh, the communications team uh, and the engagement official. Like they are a source of data and that data should inf inform the communications. Those need to work in tandem. Uh, Chris, Chris's tools, we had some engagement tools, but Chris's tools are, are fantastic. And we now have a robust suite of engagement capabilities combined with all of our performance analytics. We have this amazing historical data set. And so a couple initiatives that I think just highlight that really well is, uh, is the seamlessness now between uh, the budgeting and the housing and the climate sims that you had from Balancing Act now being in the same place where you get your city's annual surveys uh, and the other engagement uh, tools uh, that they do on Polco, that's all in one place. 
Uh, there's the verification and the rigor that is behind the Polko engagements now in coming in behind uh, the balancing act simulations that are there, the prioritized and the taxpayer receipt that, that they have also. Um, and I would say the other big thing too is uh, you combine, we've got this big initiative internally, it's called uh, GPAL uh, and it's, we've been not only the resident sentiment data, but that's most effectively viewed in combination with other public sector data sets. And we have compiled virtually every public sector relevant data set into this enormous data set. So government officials applying for grants, yes, you should use resident sentiment data, but you should also use it in the lens and combined with uh, this. And then that should inform what you're presenting to your residents when you're presenting them their budget simulation trade-off uh, situation. So. Yeah, this taxpayer receipt's really fun. It's gonna have fun to have it on Polco. The budgeting simulators are really fun. The other engagement, the combination of those with all of our uh, performance dashboards for the government officials. Uh, man, our team in the back behind the curtain here is cranking like you wouldn't believe. And we're all dedicated to this mission of just delivering tools to government officials that this is our mission. I mean, it's every, every time we say anything, it's to improve how communities communicate. They come together around their most important issues in a civil and constructive way. But that provides data that then informs in combination with other data sets uh, that help the assistant city manager, the city manager, the government officials make great resource allocation decisions that improve resident quality of life. Every day it's what we try to move the ball forward on. I love that mission. So as you look at you know the potential and kind of you know your collective visions for the future, yeah, you know, I'd love to kind of maybe hear from you briefly. You know, how could government operate, and how should government operate? What's your what's your vision for that, Nick? Let's start with you for this one. Yeah, um, I, I alluded to a little bit of it, but man, they are uh, between state and local government. It's like four trillion dollars a year. It's like 18, 19 percent of our overall economy. Uh, the ability, the communication channels, the trust, the brand, the impact that they can have. We can unlock a real renaissance in quality of life that I think far too often, uh, you know, there's a sense of complacency around. And so uh, and, you know, I'm not casting blame for how things were done in the past. Cloud computing has really come across the ability to build these tools, uh, the financing that let teams like Chris and mine grow to be at these levels, but still preserve their integrity and their vision. So, OK, good. We're all here together. What is this specifically going to unlock? I view my vision uh, for a city manager years from now. Really, it's not even that far away. I think, you know, these things are possible as our tools are coming together is hear from your residents, understand what the baseline is, uh, which residents are satisfied with parks and roads, uh, economic development, law enforcement, where are this? And it's not just at these levels. L let's get a little more granular by, by older residents, younger residents, um, by high income, low income, where are the pockets that are underperforming? Okay, A, we know that, know that baseline. Let's go out now and let's be explicit with, with what our objectives are for our community. We wanna really improve older adult satisfaction with parks uh, in district two even. I mean, it's a, let, let's be specific. Let's get the city managers and the electeds on the same page. How are we gonna do that? Okay, we have these initiatives. Let's run a great budgeting simulation around this. And boom, everybody's on the same page. They're co conscious of each other's trade-offs. And you try things and it's iterate. It's not once a year. I mean, some cities are even on two and three year survey or engagement. That's not frequent enough. Go out, test your initiatives, test your communication. You're getting feedback on it. And it's quarterly. 
at probably the most infrequent. And by the end of that year, you're on the same page, momentum behind your initiatives should be seeing progress on that. And you can demonstrate that and everybody can rejoice together. Uh, that's, that's the vision, um, the people moving forward together on that. I think you had a lot of city managers that just said amen that were listening in. So, uh, <laughs> so love that. Chris, what about you? As you think about, you know, kind of the, the future, you know, what's the, the potential here and what's your vision for that? Yeah, I think there's tremendous potential, and I'll I'll, I'll put it in the context of a uh, of a of a concrete and, and complex example. Uh, some of you might know if you follow ICMA or NLC or GFOA in particular that GFOA uh, among those three is really leading this new initiative to, uh, called rethinking budgeting, and it it really uh, it it came to the forefront uh, during COVID because they realized you know things are the, the things that didn't work became very exposed and obvious, and there became a need to to do some substantial reform. But it really is. Uh, a result of something they've been working on now for five or six years. But we are in this great opportunity, uh, Balancing Act by Polco, uh, to uh, work with, with other tech companies that are really working in an unprecedentedly collaborative way with GFOA uh, to understand what some of those uh, challenges look like with rethinking budgeting and even why to rethink budgeting. And so we're, we're, we're thinking about, well, how do you make the budget process more nimble? How do you make it more responsive? How do you make the budget process uh, take in data in a more res uh, responsive way? How do you use performance? How do you use benchmarks? A lot of the stuff that Polco is the, the, the finest purveyor of. How do you, um, more important, importantly and very difficultly, how do you uh, transform budgeting from being mostly about departments? So organizing the work around uh, how things get done as opposed to uh, orienting the work and the budget towards what you want to get done. So instead of saying, let's fund the police department at X and the fire department at Y, let's say, what is it going to take for us to become a safe city or the safest city in whatever state? And, and that's that's really challenging. So to bring planning into the budgeting process. And then the other piece, because you know we're always not too far away in this country from having a little bit of a crisis in public trust. And it's, it's waxed and waned uh, at various times. But then really importantly, where, what is that place for residents, for the citizen, in the budget process? Is it just to complain about taxes? Is it just to say, why is my city or why is my county doing that? Or is it actually to take 10 minutes or so and to actually understand the scope of government and once again, learn and provide input on what you would do in a certain circumstance? And it's just been so exciting. I have to give, you know, a Big applause to, to GFOA for uh, their willingness and their interest to actually welcome these tech companies, these forward-thinking, mission-driven tech companies to help them not just rethink budgeting, but actually provide the tools to do it. So that's one thing I'm really excited about. And I think it's got applicability from the federal government um, right down to a sanitation district. I think it, it, you know any, any local government could benefit from something like that. And technology is getting to the point where it can be really, really useful and it's, and it's highly scalable and it's not onerously expensive. Yeah, I love that. Well, the easiest question for you both is, where can our audience go to learn more? So those that are interested in kind of, you know, diving into this and really exploring the future and that platform approach that Nick was talking about to public engagement, where's the best place? Yeah, it looks like it's showing up at the bottom of your screen, but head on over to info.polco.us. Uh, there's a lot of our capabilities there uh, at abalancingact.com. Uh, you'll see the simulations. Note that all the capabilities in both places are going to be in the Polco's uh, uh, overall Polco URL listed there. Man, it is an exciting time. Uh, I mean, I'll speak on behalf of our whole team. Uh, when we said thanks for letting us share the story and the tools that we're, we're working on uh, and the impacts that it can have for the industry. 
uh, the officials out there and all of their uh, resident constituents. Uh, it, it's an honor to get to work in this area and uh, appreciate the conversation, Dustin. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Nick and Chris, thanks so much for hopping well, oh, on in case you missed it today. Chris, you have something to, to I, say? I do. I do. Because uh, just tying it to the theme of today about the about the federal government. So uh, we have this fantastic project that is not uh, commissioned by the federal government, but it's for the federal government. We have this uh, longstanding partnership with Bipartisan Policy Center uh, to create a version of the federal uh, a simulation for the federal government. And we're just getting ready to launch one. I think it should come out next week. And we're really excited about that as uh, the nation goes into a conversation about debt ceiling and the perennial budget issues and taxation and so forth. This could be a really, it is a really powerful tool uh, to help people understand it. And one of the things I'm most gratified about is that we've had half a million users uh, since 2020. We had a version before that, but just since 2020, we've had, we've had half a million users and 80% of them are aged under 28 which is so exciting. So uh, stay tuned, go to one of those links and uh, it's gonna be federalbalancingact.com. It should be released uh, next week and we're really excited about it. And Dustin, yeah. I've, got, I've got one last thing too, I just gonna mention is, uh, I mean, this is, I love that, uh, uh, that budgeting simulation for the federal government's uh, important thing. And you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing that we replicate within communities to build that empathy and understand the real trade-offs. Uh, for those interested in the data-driven decision-making approaches, how to use data to apply for these grants and do all these things, uh, if you're interested, let us know uh, or check over ICMA. We're actually teaching a series on data-driven uh, decision-making. Uh, I think it's, uh, it, it earned some credentialing points through ICMA, uh, but it's our team of data scientists. We bring to bear a lot of our historical data in there, and it's just a, a nice venue to just wanted to bring it up as it was something we discussed today. Yeah, and we'll make sure to put those links in our show notes. Well, Chris and Nick, thank you so much for carving some time out to share, you know, about this great partnership and kind of what it means for the uh, the wider sector. We're really excited to follow your collective journey now together as you redefine public engagement in the future. And uh, really appreciate your time. And for our audience, thanks for hanging on and, uh, and joining us for this week's In Case You Missed It. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Thanks for joining. Thanks, Dustin. It was a blast. Thank Have a great day. You too.